Wall Street today, the Dow down 134, the Nasdaq off 29, and the S&P down 11 points. The news brought to you by Scientology Network. Get informed and be inspired. Curious? Watch I Am a Scientologist tonight at 8 on DirecTV, Channel 320, or go to Scientology.tv. The only thing more interesting than what you've heard is what you haven't. Next news, 7 o'clock. Breaking news at once. Start your day with Len Berman and Michael Riedel in the morning, 6 to 10 tomorrow morning. I'm Jeff McKinney. 710 WOR, an NBC News radio station. We're at 78 degrees, and it's 606. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Hard to believe it's almost over. The fifth annual All-Star Week with... Salicata, yours truly is, um, well, it's almost over. This is it. Tonight's the final show. Uh, 800-321-0710 is the number to call. We've been telling you about it all week. Any caller tonight, a special giveaway, receives a replica jersey featuring Mets All-Star pitcher Jacob deGrom. You'll get his name and number on there, so you want to obviously stay tuned for that. We'll also give away a pair of Mets tickets throughout the course uh, of the show. We'll have Adam Fisher, former Mets front office member, in studio from 7 to 8 to dive into all the trade possibilities, not only with the Mets, but the Yankees as well. Look ahead to the Subway Series. A lot of little things, too that are going on in the world of sports, even though nothing happened yesterday as far as you know actual games go. Um, we know we have the Subway Series. Uh, we got uh, some more, naturally, some more NFL controversy with the anthem and protesting that, and owners saying they're going to find people and all these different things. And also some Knicks rumors. Potentially the Knicks, maybe the Knicks are closer than I thought to being a relevant team. So we'll get into all that throughout the course of the show. I do want to start, however... With the Subway Series. And again, coverage resumes tomorrow. It's always exciting. Or it's usually, let me say it's usually exciting. After the All-Star break, all right, you had your little break and do whatever it is that you do. and Take a breather from watching the sports every single night. And that's why you love baseball because they're for you every night, whether you're a Met or Yankee fan. Usually you're excited for play to resume. And it usually, and I'd be, I'd venture to say this is the first time the Mets and Yankees play each other. First time there's a Subway Series outside of the All-Star break. Maybe it has happened before. I don't know. I didn't look that up. But off the top of my head, I don't recall a Subway Series being the first series out of the All-Star break. And that usually is more exciting than anything else. But in this particular case, uh, you're excited for the Yankees to resume their second half of the year and go chase the Red Sox, try to go win the AL East. For the Mets, you're not excited. I mean, because they've been such a dreadful baseball team, 16 games under. So the only question is, I mean, are you really excited to see any young players develop? You really, you don't know what's going to happen with the deadline, and you don't know who's going to be here, who's not. I think you could do some math and have some idea of likely guys to be gone. Cabrera, Familia are, are top of the list, potentially Wheeler, maybe Flores, who knows. But even with that, and so you're gonna you, you really care that Yoenis Cespedes is gonna be back in the lineup tomorrow? Ooh, thank you. Ooh, Cespedes back in the lineup tomorrow. He's returning for the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium. Too little, too late. Way too little, way too late. It's over. The Mets season is over. So I don't care that Yoenis Cespedes is back now. They needed him in May. He needed to miss ten days or two weeks max, not two months. So he had his nice two months off, had a nice little all-star break, rehabbing, playing some first base. And by the way, I didn't watch him play first base, but I saw some still shots of him. I can already tell he's a better first baseman than Dom Smith or Wilmer Flores. And I still don't think he should play there, but who cares that he's coming back? The season's over. It's not about Cespedes being back. 
And then you have Noah Syndergaard, who has been hurt because of a finger. I mean, what are we talking about here? A finger. So Noah Syndergaard, who last year before the season talked about how this is now the Mets town. This is last year before the season. Yankees were supposed to be in a rebuild, and the Mets were supposed to go try to compete and win a World Series. Back-to-back, coming off of back-to-back playoff appearances. Oh, this is the Mets town now. This is our town now. Syndergaard proceeds then to get injured end of April, early May, and you don't see him again. And the Mets go in the tank, not just because of that, for other reasons as well. And the Yankees, in a rebuilding year, when the Mets are supposedly taking over the town, the Yankees naturally go to Game 7 of the ALCS while developing young superstars left and right. And that brings us then to this year. Syndergaard, again, you'd hope he'd have a nice rebound, bounce-back year. Everybody expected him to be contending for the Cy Young Award. They thought for sure he'd be the best pitcher on the team. Obviously, that's not the case. A little boo-boo on the finger. He can't make the starts, whatever it may be. And even even when he was healthy to start the year, he's getting hit all over the ballpark. Syndergaard's supposed to be, he's not supposed to be as hittable as he was showing you. He was going five innings, getting hit all over the place. And it wasn't, I, I know he wasn't, you know, this is not Jason Vargas bad. That's obviously a different level, but it wasn't like Syndergaard was himself dominating deep in these games, holding the opponents to, you know, a run or two, keeping them off base. Braves are, you know, raking them all over the ballpark. And then he gets hurt and doesn't play. And now he's slated to start tomorrow against the Yankees, first game back, Subway Series, Yankee Stadium, his first start there against them in that ballpark. And I honestly don't even know if this is real or not, but I was following this on Twitter, and apparently Syndergaard referenced... Now, he must have been joking. I mean, I'm going to assume that he was joking with his comments. I'm going to give him... I mean, should I give him the benefit of the doubt? I'm, I'm not even so sure. Um, but Syndergaard... When speaking to the media, referred to um, the game against the Yankees and being on the big stage that it'll be nice to go out there, and this is a quote, I'm reading this from Tim Healy of Newsday, his Twitter account, it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them when referring to the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. I mean, has this guy lost his mind? Now, on one end of the spectrum... I love the attitude. I love the confidence. I love the idea behind it. You should not be afraid of anybody, in particular the big bad Yankees. That's what you know. I loved about Harvey years ago. He wasn't afraid to take on any opponent. But he didn't go out there and talk about it. He just did it on the mound, blowing people away left and right. And I don't mind if you're going to say that. But I do mind when you say that when your team has been as big an embarrassment in Major League Baseball this year. The Mets are 16 games under. You got Noah Syndergaard, and I quote, it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them. I mean, is he serious? Is he serious? I mean, even if you do go out there, and and I don't expect it. As a matter of fact, I'd run down to the Meadowlands or Monmouth or Atlantic City and put some money on it, some legal now money on it, against Noah Syndergaard. That he won't exactly put a whooping on the Yanks. But even if he does pitch well, 
This is a stupid thing to say. Uh, maybe let me take that back. It's not a stupid thing to say, but it is a stupid thing to say now. It is an untimely thing to say for Noah Syndergaard. Why would you ever say something like that when talking about the Yankees when you're 16 games under? The Mets can't be more of an embarrassment than they have been this year. The manager couldn't manage his way out of a paper bag. No Met can stay healthy. No Met that's healthy can produce. They can't catch. They can't throw. They can't hit. They can't run. They can't do anything right. And Syndergaard, who had one start in the last, what, two months because of a finger and he went five innings in that start, is going to now start talking about it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them? Oh, my goodness. I mean, Noah, come back to me, please, buddy. Please. If you are a Yankee fan hearing that, or a even worse, a Yankee player, I mean, they probably don't even acknowledge it. The Mets are so far beneath them, but... How, I mean, wouldn't you just laugh that off? I mean, is this guy kidding me? First, he thinks he goes out there and says, it's our town, not the, you know, it's the Mets town, not the Yankees, and then they fall apart. And now, even after that, where he had a chance to just go run and hide or go out there and perform, let his performance do the talking, he says it's going to be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them leading into his first start at Yankee Stadium. Love the confidence, love the attitude. Very, very. Poorly timed by Noah Syndergaard. 800-321-0710. I, I honestly still can't believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. You could go to Tim Healy's Twitter account and check this at, uh, check this out at Tim B. Healy. Now, I don't know if anybody else had it. I just saw Syndergaard have it and it's in a column in Newsday here. Uh, I just saw that uh, Healy had it about Syndergaard. It's in a column in Newsday here. Uh, th- I mean, that's a quote. He also says we're the two baseball teams in the city and we're always trying to compete for turf. Okay. Not very effectively, I might add, from one end of the spectrum. And then Syndergaard proceeded to say it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on him. He said this Sunday. I didn't see this until just now. Uh, In the article here, it says that he said this on Sunday. Look, I mean, that is... Maybe maybe Healy held it back to have a newsworthy story where you got nothing else going on. I, I don't know, but th- that's a remarkably um, mistimed, poorly mistimed quote from Noah Syndergaard from the man they call Thor. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The number to call once again. Any caller that calls and gets on the air with me tonight gets a replica Jacob Degrom jersey, name and number, uh, featuring the Mets All Star pitcher on the back of it. So we'll have some fun talking to you guys about that. We do have a pair of Mets tickets to give away a little bit later in the show. Adam Fisher, former Mets front office member, will be in studio to perform or provide, I should say, I'll perform. He'll provide some um, information and some insight to the ongoings in the Mets front office, what we could expect moving forward, approach at the trade deadline, all things like that. So a lot to get to. We'll do some NBA. We'll do some NFL. A lot to get to before we say goodbye at 9 o'clock. Just getting started. It's the fifth annual All-Star Break edition of the Sports Zone with Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Free. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 
800-321-0710. Subway Series tomorrow. Coverage resumes the second half of the season. And I don't want to hear people say, it's not the second half. They played over 81 games. I don't care about the math. It's the second half because it's after the All-Star break. So that's what I'm calling it. Play resumes in the second half. Tomorrow, coverage begins 6.05 right here. Petey Mack will be back with you after his lavish four days off. While I'm sitting here working, uh, Petey Mack will be back with you. Has the coverage Mets taking on the Yanks. Noah Syndergaard, big bad Noah Syndergaard on the mound is going to take it to the Mets and put. Uh, excuse me, going to take it. Probably will take it to the Mets. Uh, he's going to take it to the Yankees and put a whooping on them. Bob is in Valley Cottage. I've never heard of that before. But Bob, you want to? Uh, yes. You want to make some moves? Yes. I, I want to uh, make sure we keep uh, uh, the two big. Pitchers, uh, Syndergaard and and Degrom, mm-hmm. and we have to upgrade the bullpen because they've been blowing so many games. Got it, but it's hard to find arms that are going to be much better than even what they have. Uh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to stop you there. It's good. You're talking about the Mets or the Yankees? The Mets. So it's going to be hard to find arms better than what they have in the bullpen. Yes, it, it will be. How so? There aren't any good arms. Bob, there there aren't any. There are, and thanks for the call. There aren't any good arms in the bullpen right now. What are you kidding me? There aren't any. Hard to find better arms. They can't get outs. I mean, you could go down to Central Park right now and possibly find some better arms than what the Mets have been running out there in their bullpen. I would hope that in the offseason, they reassess and find better arms. Shouldn't be that hard. The one thing that the Mets shouldn't have difficulty doing next year is finding better players and fielding a better team. Because you can't get any worse than what they've been thus far in 2018. Alan is in Queens. Alan, you want to extend the Subway Series, huh, bud? Yes, I do. I'd like to extend it to tonight. We'll have a total of seven games, and uh, that will determine a winner in, in all circumstances. Um, interesting, Alan, and thanks for the call. Great insight, uh, as usual. Um, I, I don't know about tonight specifically. I do get the idea, and it's actually an interesting one. Now, the problem that you have, Alan, is you have to have a – schedule that everybody plays the same amount of games. So I don't know how they would configure that with the rest of the league if the Mets and the Yanks are playing seven against each other every year, how that would work uh, elsewhere. And remember, they had the two and two. It's always been three and three. I do like the idea, though, that you know you have a winner in the Subway Series. Best of seven. Although chances are you know, the Yanks would probably win at least... Yeah, the Yanks would probably put them away in five anyway. They'd probably win four of the first five, if not max it would go six i mean you'd know the winner anyway right but yeah it's not uh probably not realistic but thanks for the call anyway alan appreciate it mike is in Seacliff. um mike you want to talk about the minor leagues and the location of it huh i do because i was listening to your interview which was great with wally backman the other day it was actually on hold for a while but thank you Thank you. It's One at 710. The- it's at 710wr.com if you guys missed it. I uh, did an interview with Wally Backman the other night. That was great. No, it was great. I was on hold to talk to you, but I was just I couldn't stay any longer. But he made some great points. 
the one point that I wanted to get your thoughts on, they have the, the minor leagues. Thank God they're moving it out of Vegas. And, and you have guys there. I think it was three years ago. They led the three out of the four guys led the league in hitting. And, and, you know, we're talking about Chichini's and, and the Rivera's and the Evans of the world. And how can you judge a guy, you know, player development is what Wally was talking about. And I think that's one of the, that's where it's got to start. You got to start drafting good players. I do. Well, so, look, yeah, I, I agree, Mike. And thanks for the call. They do have to start drafting good players, but I do think there is something to the fact that they had the triple A system in Vegas, not just because of the way that it plays in Vegas with the thin air and all that nonsense, or even having minor leagues in Vegas. Who knows what's going on there, to be honest with you. I mean, I would think it's better to be in you know Buffalo than it would be in Vegas as far as keeping guys in order and not having a, a crazy nightlife or anything like that. Also, the obvious factor. I mean, it's close. Right? They're going to be nearby now. You don't have to worry about flying somebody across the country to get... Uh, to you know, participate at the big league level, whether it's last minute, whether it's you know a day, two days in advance, it's a pain in the neck to shuttle guys back and forth. You can't really do that when the team is in Vegas, so that will change, and I do think that will help. But it doesn't matter if you're sh- uh, you know shuttling poor players back and forth. You need to improve the quality of guys. Jeff is in the Bronx, and Jeff, I'm not sure what this says uh, up here, but what do you, what do you exactly I'll, do you I'll want clarify. to clarify? Yeah. Two quick prospect points and then a general baseball question, if you let me. So, and I think you'll agree on my prospect points. There was something that one of the big executives of Baseball America tweeted out today after the brand hand for uh, Francisco Mejia trade. Yeah. That their the Padres system will now mirror the Cubs and the Royal system, the Royal system of 2012. And, you know, that kind of got me a little upset because, to me, that makes it sound like, oh, you'd ra- you just want to have – you know, get all these prospects and to be the number one rated prospect team and, you know, have them come up. And once they're they're no longer valuable or once you can't pay them anymore, get rid of them. And some, for some reason, fans are more obsessed with having a great prospect system than a on-the-field product. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, this year. Jeff, let me tell you something. I love you for saying that because you could not be more correct. I don't know how this happened. But somehow fans now are more concerned about the minor leagues than they are with the major league team. Prospects this and prospects that. You can take those prospect books and you know what with them. Because they're garbage. They're all garbage. Nobody knows until they get here. Uh, Exhibit A, Rosario compared to Glaber Torres a year ago. Look at the difference of the two players at the major league level. How about the White Sox and all the rebuilding and the prospects that they brought in after the Chris Sale trade? and trying to rebuild that team. That team can't win. So nonsense. I'm with you, Jeff. It is way, way overblown because a couple of teams have had success with you know uh, building guys through the farm system. And it's not even sustained success. Like, you know, people think you're going to get this, you know, the Yankees of late uh, 90s, early 2000s. That doesn't happen anymore. So the idea that you're going to build this deep system and you're going to keep churning out all these players and everybody's going to be a superstar and you're going to have, go on a 15-year run – that's not how you win. Agreed. Jeff, you know, it, yeah, it, I, I agree. many, many things for you to win, not just having a great farm system. Agreed a thousand percent, and thank you for the call, Jeff. We'll put you on hold. You can get your uh, free replica DeGrom jersey. You are, you're dead on correct. It is a balance of things. Yeah, you need to draft well and develop a farm system and have some players come through. But 
I mean, even if it were one or two guys that were having an impact. Look at the Yankees, for example, because you can't look at the Mets because they haven't hit on anything. Whether it's free agent, whether it's drafting and developing young guys, whatever, prospects, they haven't made any trades, and that's why they're 16 games under here at the All-Star break. The Yankees, however, have done the complete opposite. They have hit on everything. They went out and acquired Giancarlo Stan, right? So it's not a free agent signing necessarily, but they got a... I mean, the guy was a reigning NL MVP, and they added them to a team that was in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series a year ago. They drafted and developed Luis Severino. Glaber Torres they traded for. They traded for D.D. Gregorius. They traded for Aaron Hicks. They drafted and developed Gary Sanchez and Duhar and on and on. So there is a balance there with the New York Yankees. They'll go out and sign other guys. They signed Masahiro Tanaka. He is a, he was a free agent signing that is producing for the team. Now, he needs to produce a little better, but he's a free agent on the team. Araldis Chapman, same thing. Look at the bullpen. Betances, drafted, develop. Chapman, free agency. There is a balance here. Other guys via the trade. So it's not just one thing. It's not trade everybody, get prospects, and poof, you're going to win the World Series. doesn't work like that. 800-321-0710. We will talk to Tim Healy of Newsday. I just want to ask him if if Sam DeGuard was serious. We'll do that on the other side. Also take more of your calls. 800-321-0710. It's Sal Akata filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Sports Zone. The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. It'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them. Oh, boy. Providing the New York Yankees, a New York Met pitcher providing the New York Yankees in a year where the Mets are 16 games under 500. I mean, you can't make that up. Providing the New York Yankees with some great bulletin board material. I just want to get some clarification from that, so we'll talk to Tim in a minute. Tim Healy of Newsday, who had that story. Rich is in Queens. Rich, you have a new change for the wild card format? Yes, I do. I think that... um... They're taking all these days off this year, and they started the season when we were still having snow, for God's sakes, all over the country. Right? Why don't they do it? Why don't they do a two out of three format? Make no, two, no, two. it takes away, Rich. Why do you want two out of three? It should be a one game elimination game. That's it. Because the best team doesn't always win. Uh, so what? Three. Tough, you know tough on. luck. So what? I don't care. I mean, what are we going to get to a point where? Why don't we just not even have it? And the and, and again, like you used to have it. Uh, the team with the best record just advances into the division series. That takes away the fun. Uh, should we just have every team based on record just go into the postseason and not have to worry about it? Well, they were the higher record, so they just go to the World Series. Just eliminate all playoff series. The better team doesn't always win. I don't care about that. That's the breaks. It's a one-game playoff. That's what makes the division races much more exciting. Oh, no, make it a two out of three. Why? You're guaranteed the greatest game in sport, the ultimate game, the win-or-go-home game, the elimination game, the game seven, essentially. Uh, Tim Healy joins us. Tim Healy of Newsday, of course, covering the Mets. Tim, I appreciate the couple minutes here. I saw your tweet, and I almost drove off the road. Uh well, I wasn't. Unfortunate. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was parked, uh, so I, that that actually doesn't make sense. But anyway, is this accurate? I mean, did Syndergaard really say it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them when referring to the Yankees tomorrow night? He, he did say that. Yes, and the, that was one of two sentences in the quote. And everybody can you know go check out the story for a little bit more context. But really, it's just about Syndergaard 
tomorrow's going to be his first game at Yankee Stadium. Somehow he's, you know, he's in year four now. He hasn't pitched in the Bronx yet, but he's looking forward to it, and he's not lacking in confidence, that's for sure. I know, but this is the same guy, Tim, uh, that you know <laughs> said it before, year, uh, la- before last season that this is the Mets town, not the Yankees. We all know how that turned out. He's been on the DL right. essentially all year. He's got the- and I like the confidence, but this is poorly timed from Syndergaard. Calling out the Yankees? I, I, yep. It's, uh, you, you wouldn't expect it based on where each team is, but I think, uh, you know, from Syndergaard's perspective, and I try not to read minds or read more into it than what they say, but, uh, he, he certainly believes in himself. And I think in a, in a one game situation tomorrow night, for example, it's extremely possible that he he does put a whooping on them. You know what I mean? Did, I do know what you mean. Did he, <laughs> did he say this? With a hundred percent seriousness, I know Syndergaard likes to have some fun in the post game press conferences or whatever when he's speaking. Did he was he serious when he said this? But he had a smile, as I think he you sort of alluded to. He, he likes to have fun and goof around. So uh, while he does believe that, uh, he it is a little bit tongue in cheek, given uh, you know the disparities between the team right now. Yeah, sure, he knew what he was doing. I get that. But he still said it, and he knows that it's going to be big news. And people, I mean, he may have been tongue-in-cheek, but he did say it. Now, you wrote that he said this on Sunday. Were you just holding it for today, or is this this isn't old news, right? I haven't seen this anywhere before. Yeah, I was just holding it for today. I chatted with Noah before uh, before the All-Star break, knowing that I would need to write a story today about tomorrow. <laughs> so I was just, uh, I, I did hold it. He said it Sunday. Um, and he was actually in a pretty good mood. A lot of times he, he isn't necessarily uh, very interested in conversation. But uh, that day, Sunday, he had just thrown a side session, it looked like, and uh, you know was excited to face the Yankees five days later. Yeah, good stuff, Tim. At Tim B. Healy on Twitter, Newsday.com has the story. I'm assuming it's going to be in tomorrow's paper, correct? Yep. It'll be in tomorrow's paper. Noah Syndergaard eager to make the stadium debut, in which he says it'll be nice to go out there and really put a whooping on them when referring to the New York Yankees. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it, man. Good job. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that is... So there you have it. Some clarification. Just to make sure we're not overreacting to anything. Syndergaard did say it. I mean, he may have said some tongue-in-cheek, but you know you say that. It's going to be bulletin board material. Hard to imagine. I mean, if Jacob deGrom said that, it might, might be acceptable because DeGrom has been the best pitcher in baseball this year. I mean, he was an all-star. He should have probably started the game, and he would have if it weren't in Washington, the home of Max Scherzer. If DeGrom said it, you'd probably still have an issue with it because the team is so dreadful. And here comes Noah Syndergaard, big, bad Noah Syndergaard, who hasn't been healthy in two seasons here, missed a bunch of starts because of a finger, is starting to call the Yankees out. Be nice to go out there and put a whooping on him. Good luck to you, Noah. Nick is in Bayside. Uh, Nick, you want to know about the status of the Mets manager, huh? couple of things. Hey, pleasure to talk to you, Sal. First thing, Noah's a knucklehead. Anyway. <laughs> First thing, <laughs> how can you say? Come on, Nick. How can you say that? You're gonna pull on the Yankees? I mean, come on. Right? Oh my God! Ridiculous. But really, in your gut, do you think Callaway comes back next year? First thing, my first question. Uh, my gut, yes. Now, I don't think he deserves to be. I do think he will start right. the season as manager, though. Yeah, that's the way I feel. 
And my second part, do you think the Mets should go outside the organization for the new GM? Um, it's a good question, Nick. Um, and thanks for the call. We're going to have Adam Fisher in studio in just a little bit. He's going to give us some more insight to that. I like Rico. I do think you should interview outside. I don't think it hurts to interview as many candidates as possible. But I'd be lying to you if I sat here and said they need to hire this guy. It's hard for me to comment, and really guys like me, any talk show host, it's hard for us to comment on this because you're not in the interview room. They, It's not really our jobs to know every single possible candidate that's out there. I mean, teams hire search firms to do these things sometimes, to bring all the best candidates there, and then they go interview them. So it's hard to sit here and say with certainty, yeah, I love Rico, he should be the guy. Or I want Tim Naring. I don't know the first thing about Tim Naring outside of what I read. Now he's a great evaluator to talent. He took over for Stick Michael for the Yankees and done a good job. I mean, so, but that's not really knowing enough about it or whatever other GM may be out there. You know, the guy from Milwaukee comes up. The guy in Cleveland is coming. There's a bunch of different names out there that have been rumored to maybe be of some interest, but... I don't know enough about those people, and nor will I, even if you read up a little bit on them. Ultimately, it's about interview process, about philosophies, how they're going to work together with ownership, what managers do they want. I do know a little bit more about Rico because obviously, you know, look, I've had Rico on the show before. We've, you know, you get the chance to know him a little bit and watching him over the years. He's, you know, addressed the media at times uh, for Alderson. There's something about Rico. And again, Adam Fisher in studio, former Mets front office member, has worked with Rico, amongst others, especially in that front office there. So we'll get his insight. He's more, his his insight and information more important or more valuable than mine when it comes to this particular subject. But there's something about Rico that I actually like. Normally it's blow it up, go from the outside, strip it down, the whole different thing. I just want a whole new regime. But I don't get that sense with Rico. I think... I think there's something – I think Rico's got some good potential. And I'll say this too. It's always, oh, the hot team, right? Okay, well, the Indians have had a winner in recent years, so let's take their GM or somebody from their front office. Okay, the Brewers have finally looked like they built a decent team here. I mean, it's not like they've accomplished much, but they built a decent team here and have drafted some some good players. Let's go pick from their front office doesn't always work like that. There could be a great member of, you know, the Blue Jays front office, whatever. It doesn't matter what team. Some young up-and-coming stud in another organization that hasn't had his chance to be himself and put his imprint on whatever team. So these things are hard to just sit there and say, oh, yeah, I, based off of, you know, what the Daily News reported, uh, I'd take this guy. Paul in Queens, Paul wants to know the value of Zach Wheeler, huh, Paul? Hey, Sal, how you doing? Yeah, you know what it is? The guy's pitching his best baseball. He's, in my opinion, he's one of the most mature pitchers in the game. I mean, listen, I like Mats. I like Steven Mats. But let's face it, the guy gives up a hit, and he looks like he wants to cry. You know, no offense to him. I like the guy. But Wheeler just has the demeanor about him. He pitches with confidence. He's throwing the ball, you know, upper 90s. There's absolutely no reason to trade him. And I'm just curious, what prospects, what's out there that the Mets – are, are even offered, or they're willing to, to jeopardize losing a staff like that to get who? Like it is. Before. It's Talk a great. Us, I mean, who are we getting? It's a great question, Paul. I don't know what the value is of Zach Wheeler. All I could tell you is why I would trade Wheeler over Matt's, and I think you brought up some good points. I, I can't argue against 
trading Matts as hard as I could have in years past. He's been pretty good this year, but you're right. He hasn't, you know, his attitude at times been questionable or his demeanor on the mound. I do think he's gotten better this year, but he's still not where I expected him to be. And he does have injury issues. Wheeler has had injury issues. I think you got to trade one of the two to create balance. Now, I'm not giving them away. I'm trading them for a, a something of use, whether it's a bullpen guy or, more importantly, a guy who you could plug into the lineup and play. That's what you would want to get back if you're trading those guys. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to give up on either of them because what you're getting back isn't worth, isn't worth what you have. No, I agree. Totally agree. I mean, the staff, listen, they have the probably the, one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Their hitters, you know, everyone just kind of, you know, took a dump this year. But I think they come back, you get, listen, I don't know if you, if you watched the All-Star game, which I'm sure you did. Did you hear Bryce Harper? He even comments on the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, I He's get it. Agent. I, I get it, Paul, and thank you for the call. But the thing is, they need some balance. Wheeler would have been the guy I would have traded years ago. Wheeler for Upton was the thing back then. They didn't do it. They held on to all the young pitching, and they didn't create a balance. Now that Wheeler's finally got some value again, I would look to move him. He's the last guy that I believe in of that staff. Now, he's been really good this year. Can't knock him. But, I mean, you don't know. I don't like the mechanics. I don't like the fact that he doesn't throw strikes. And, look, this year he's been he's been pitching great. He's been going deeper into games, right? That was the thing with him. He's always a five-inning pitcher, even on his best night, five, six-inning pitcher. He's been better. I don't think that he's going to hold it up and I still think Mats has potential to grow. Therefore, I would hold on to Mats if I could get something of value back for Zach Wheeler, an everyday player or a useful bullpen piece. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to trade. I mean, what are you going to trade him for two good prospects or a top ten prospect? Maybe if you could trade him for a top ten prospect and hope that that prospect turns into a an everyday player, that's a trade you make. At least it's a trade I would make and look to create some balance. 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. But I understand why some people would want to keep Wheeler and trade Mats. I am not of that belief. But again, it's it's closer. Unfortunately, it's closer than, than you think. And for the wrong reasons. Neither of those guys can be trusted to be... I don't even know if you could say they could be trusted to be this good moving forward, but certainly not as good as you would have hoped years ago moving forward. 800-321-0710. More your calls on the other side. Remember, all callers tonight get a free replica Jacob deGrom jersey featuring the All-Stars name and number uh, on the back of the uh, replica jersey. I have not seen it. Is it a jersey? Is it a, have you seen one, Producer Mark? Haven't. I'm pretty sure it's one of the free shirt Friday giveaways. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, whatever it is, it's uh, you get it free here on Thursday if you call in eight hundred. So more your calls on the other side. We'll give away a pair of Mets tickets as well before we say goodbye at nine. Former Mets front office member Adam Fisher will be in studio with us from seven till eight. So we got a ton more to do here in the Sports Zone. It's Sal Acata filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R.